we are. We're live. Welcome. Good evening. Welcome to Big D After Dark. We're excited uh, to, to be with you tonight um, to take your questions and comments live as we break down the latest FC Dallas news and North Texas SC news. Uh, the results from a, from a busy weekend and uh, with the busy week ahead with more uh, soccer on the way. So thanks for joining us. Please know you can just send, again, send in your comments, your questions. We'll pop those up here on the screen. You'll shape the show. We want this to be, a, you know, an inclusive conversation, an inclusive one. So anyway, hope hope you all had a good Mother's Day weekend. Uh, and here, of course, I'm Nathan Hill. You can follow me at Nathan J Hill on Twitter. Uh, next to me is our, our buddy Tommy LaBeouf at Tom underscore FC Dallas. Also Ishmael Belcora at Belcora Ishma, and Jose Carmona at El Chico Carmona. Yeah. Hello. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, a good weekend. A good weekend for FC Dallas. A, a two nothing defeat of the lowly Seattle Sounders. Uh, of course, the Sounders fresh off their uh, historic uh, CCL win. Uh, congratulations to them. I mean, it was, congratulations to the Sounders. Yeah, yeah. Um, someday FC Dallas will do it with an all homegrown lineup, but uh, <laughs> someday. But in the meanwhile, we, we yeah, good. They gutted that out, and that obviously uh, is why they're kind of lower on the the standings because uh, they've been you know kind of focusing on that competition, rotating guys. So we did not see maybe the best eleven for Seattle that's available. But uh, FC Dallas welcomed the Sounders in nonetheless, and there was experience on the roster, and, and they played a good game. Uh, they 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 had their low block. They had uh, their five in the back. It was hard for Dallas to really break them down for stretches of the game until, well, until the the the, the dams broke, right? And Jesus Ferreira with uh, another goal, a seventh on the season, and Paul Ariola with one late to, to kill the match and any chance of Seattle making the way back in it. So a hot and humid one. Uh, we're going to talk about, let's just get some reactions from the match. Uh, and, and those of you guys who went to the, to the game, um, can even give us a sense. It looked like the atmosphere was a lot of fun, um, and they had a some kind of drone light show thing afterwards. But let's, Tommy, we'll just start with you. I'll I'll throw up some uh, highlights as well as we as, as we talk yeah. about the game. Yeah. So as you said, Seattle had a low block, and uh, you know it, it took a while. FC Dallas was very patient, and uh, you could you know they they control the ball. I think they frustrate teams by having the ball, but you know. You, it's kind of a um, repeating theme where we score the goal in, in late in the, in the second half or in the second half, but we had our chances, right? It could have been easily three, two, three, zero at half hedges hit the post. we got a few other chances in the box, but uh, just a lot of good team play. Um, I love this team. You know, I, I got to say, I don't miss the shots from Yuri from midfield or Acosta from midfield. And I'm sorry. I just saw that too many times. I'm very happy with this coach, with this team, and uh, Arioli was great. I mean, there was so many good players. I, I just can't uh, – I don't know name all, but there's just a very good performance from FC Dallas. Ishmael, what are your reactions? Yeah, I feel like going into this game, this was the expectation, and it's just a breath of fresh air that in comparison with last season that the expectations are being met and oftentimes are being – uh, they're being passed. I think uh, it was quite funny that it was after Seattle made some subs of like their 
starting players, including Roldan and Rusnak, where the team was able to break through. I think uh, this might be the best overall game by the midfield where you haven't seen them like overload themselves uh, because it was the, the, the chances that Seattle had were never at fault of the midfield. The few chances that they had, the midfield was a rock throughout the game, specifically Paxton and Siki. These are both their best games so far for both of them. Uh, and also, it's it's great to see Ariola back on the score sheet, get himself back into the groove of things after the entry in the national team call up. Overall, it's just a decent performance. Yeah, Jose. Yeah, I I have to agree that 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 I'm excited at the fact that expectations are being met. Um, I said it, you know, congratu- congratulations to Seattle for winning CCL, but you know. It's MLS, and and uh, I'm very happy with the win. You know, you can only defeat the t- uh, the team that's placed before you. So I know some Seattle fans aren't too happy about it, but it's not our fault. You know, you you guys did what you had to do to win your your uh, big game, and you know, basically handed this match on a platter to FC Dallas. And and I'm happy to see that the team went out there and did what yeah. it was supposed to do against uh, uh, really a lesser team. Most importantly to me, though, was when those substitutions came in in the second half from Seattle when they brought in their better players. Uh, the FC Dallas never let those players settle into the game, really. I, I think they dominated even more, really, uh, once substitutions came in. And, and that's a continued thing that I think uh, we need to appreciate is that the substitutions are having a very real impact uh, in pretty much every match this year where they come in and, and the team just elevates its play. And I think, you know, we'd like to see him a little earlier, but, you know, it's working. Whatever it is that the that, uh, coach is doing is working. So I'm, I'm very happy with the result. You know, uh, one thing I wanted to say, and I, I did forget to mention, and I had wanted to say is that uh, two players from last year, I think, have got a rejuvenation under this coach, and that's Hara. I mean, he's he's not looking slow on the field. He, he's not looking extremely fast, but he's looking really good on the field. And the same thing with uh, I can never, Faku Quinones. Wait, yeah, no, no, Faku. Faku. Faku is looking good. I mean, I'm not even complaining about him anymore. And uh, so, I, and he also looks fit. He looks great. And I give all the credit to Nico on that. I mean, he's, he's made those players better. Yeah, and by the way, we were just watching the um, uh, some of the highlights there from the field level, uh, which I think are kind of fun to see. Uh, you saw after Jesus scored, he pulled out one of his shin guards, which uh, in the post game uh, mentioned. And I, I didn't notice it from the feed I was watching, but I think folks who were closer to saw that's what he did. Um, and uh, those shin guards are from his dad. His dad has them made uh, and and sent uh, uh, sent statewide, stateside, you know, and for him to, to wear. And they have, uh, you know, I guess like his, his dad sent him this little talisman with their, his name on it and stuff. So that's why he pulled it out because he realized that's his next cool. goal was tying his his dad um, uh, in total goals. Um, so it's a really cool thing, really cool moment for for Dallas to see. Um, yep. 
for, for Dallas. You know, see the second generation of, of guys coming up and uh, and doing great things. It's just so yeah. I I just what I love about this team. Um, well, actually, before we do, let's go and listen to Nico. Uh, I asked Nico after the game. I just said, you know, see, you know, Seattle kind of you know put, pulled out a B team, uh, even though but this team was hard to break down, you know, and so. Nico kind of pushed back against that. He said, you know, and you just listen to how he responds about um, how, you know, the state of the Sounders and what Dallas had to do to win. I, th- I think if you analyze the lineup that they show, mo- a lot of, of these players that the starter could play as a starter in, in MLS. Then I think when we, when we talk about B or A team, we, we have to think first how many games these guys have in MLS and then do a good research of that because we're talking about Montero, uh, Bruin, uh, that are really, really good uh, players. Center backs like Nuhu, like Zisoko, like they play uh, last year. And then uh, Regal for them is a, a player that is rotating a lot this year and is starting a lot of games. And uh, Medranda is a player that has played a lot of games in the in the in the league. Then uh, I think uh, when we do an evaluation, we we have to be careful about that because they were the best prepared to compete today. And even if they bring the other players, we don't know if it was maybe better for us because maybe they are tired because they play midweek. And then the, the sum of the you know, energy that these, all these guys uh, brought um, are important you know, for them. And these guys are hungry. You know, Vargas has been also a, a starting in and out of the lineup. Atencio played a lot of games last year. Then they're good players. And we, we don't have to um, not give credit to our guys. And as I said before, when you play against a back line of five and four and one, it's not easy to break down. You know, if you see Liverpool today, that he faced a back line of five, it was really difficult for them. And they have really, really good players. And it's not easy for any any team in the, in the world. Then it's not going to be easy for us. Um, and one thing that, we sometimes cannot forget is w- the first thing is you have to be patient. And then if you could see the second half, they were tired. And this is why it was very successful. The second, the first half we did because we didn't rush. We were patient. We just moved them and moved them. Uh, them feel, feeling frustrated because they couldn't win the ball. And of course, there is some details in the attacks that we did that we did better in the second half. And this is what we talk in the uh, halftime. Uh, but I think uh, overall, the team did a, a very good job, a very mature performance. That is not easy because this, this team last year with a younger team and using a lot of academy players uh, beat Austin uh, in a similar circumstances. Uh, then I think it's never, never easy, um, these this type of games. Wisdom there from Nico, and I think he makes a, a, a good case, you know, although, you know, I, I say, I, I don't know that Will Bruin is a starter at this point in his career for other teams, but he's definitely uh, had a success, and um, there's a lot of there's players there with, with definitely with experience, so it was, a, it was an interesting mix, and really, I think, uh, you know, to, they loaned up uh, the right back from Tacoma, uh, right, and and he played an all right game too. He didn't embarrass himself out there. He was he was feisty. So you know, certainly Seattle came hoping to get something out of this match. It did make things uh, difficult, but yet um, I think 
uh, ultimately the talent won out for for Dallas and, and that home field quality and atmosphere certainly played a part. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, there's, I think his point is well made that Seattle's first team is so good that their second team would be like, like in that region of like seven to ten in the in the standings if that's who they rolled out because uh, Vargas played in the Champions League final. Madronda played for SKC for years. Tolo was a starter. Will Bruin probably could start for Houston right now. Anyway, if we're talking about where he could start. Uh, Montero used to be a DP and is still very good. Chu is a is one of those uh, what's it called that that new uh, young uh, player program that they're doing with international players. So I mean, it's a good lineup. I just think it's it, yeah, like of course you say face because you're like, oh yeah, that's definitely their B team. But I also think um, Nico makes a good point that you play who you who you face, and I mean. It's kind of funny that this is our answer, considering how angry Austin fans have been to uh, MLSsoccer.com writers when talking about their opponents for the last couple of weeks. Uh, but, I mean, I think that statement holds true that they are – the FC Dallas always tries to just wear down any team that they play, and it seems like this is the consistent – a tactic for a lot of their games. They did this for Nashville. They did it uh, for Houston. They, they do this a lot, especially when it comes to teams that come to Dallas trying to just low block it. So I don't know. It probably would be a different scoreline if you had Rui Diaz and Rodero and didn't play uh, homegrown and Sissoko at center back. But I mean the 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 amount of like pressure that FC Dallas put in that first half would have weared down anyone, honestly. Yeah. Okay, and I'm going to disagree with Nico because the team that Seattle rolled out against FC Dallas is sitting thirteenth in the West. That's indicative of the talent that they put on the field during MLS while they're focusing on CCL. And that's good for them. We saw the lone loss that that Dallas suffered was against New England. And New England rolled out their A team, even though they had CCL uh, match midweek, which came back to haunt them because they focused on MLS, got knocked out of CCL. Now you see what Seattle had to do. Bravo to Seattle. They, They focused on the big price, but they had to roll out the 13th place team in the West. That's, that's, you know, that's the truth. Mm -hmm. So uh, I I think, I think uh, our coach was just uh, being nice in all honesty, because the results say that, that Seattle is where there is because that's the talent that they've been rolling out there. Um, So all I want to say is, you know, like I said, Dallas can only beat the team they roll out that, our opponents roll out and uh i do want to say that it was hotter this weekend and and you see where the team i do like that that nico pointed out that they were trying to wear them down you know let's wear them down you know in dallas and 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 basically it sets sort of like the tempo going forward of what we can expect 
We can expect the team to play it, you know, play possession, get those teams moving around in the first half, and then go for the jugular in the second half, when, you know, once the heat and the exhaustion settles in. And that's great. I mean, but that means that the defense has to be rock solid and, and not allow any goals. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the defense that we have, it's not that we have the intimidating defense. It's the offense. It's, it's the holding the ball, keeping the ball safe, being, you know, very controlling with the ball is a good defense. But we also have a good defense led by Hedges. But the, but Paxson had a great game, and he's really showing it. We can also say now, I think, if you don't know now, Jesus Ferreira is a bona fide VP. You know, that was a right call they made earlier in the year. What a solid shot by Jesus Ferreira. And it's the second time I recall this year that two guys followed Velasco, leaving someone else open for the goal. It happened the other day when Velasco came and they both guarded the guy and he passed it to Farfan who shot and bounced off and Ziki got his first goal. This past game, the two guys went along with Velasco, dummy through um, Areola to Jesus for the goal. You know, they left, they, they followed Velasco. So even though he's not beating people one-on-one, one, he's losing the ball. He's got to do much better in that angle. He's still killing people in the midfield with his dribbling and his passing. And uh, I just think, you know, he creates problems for the defense. Again, it's just a great game by FC Dallas. Yeah, definitely some good stuff. Well, I, so I asked after the game, uh, Paul Ariola was the man of the match. Um, so uh, he got to wear the cowboy hat, and which was actually too big for his head. It's just kind of funny. But uh, – and so I asked him about this team. I, you know, I just noted that he has, you know, Paul is one of those MLS vets. He's been on some solid teams. He's, you know, been in the thick of things. Uh, he's, he's had time with Major League Soccer to, to understand, uh, get a sense of of, of, of of what good teams can do and what they look like. And so I just asked him kind of what the ceiling of this team was. And that's keeping in mind that we still have these performances from guys off the bench who really come in and influence the game and like Siki, like, so there, are, I'm, I think there are more storylines yet to kind of come out of this season and guys to sort of make their case for more minutes with just a, a great performance. And uh, so, uh, so I asked kind of well, that sense of that ceiling, then I'm going to, then we'll talk about it kind of what we're, and this may be a week to week question art, you know, what is this team's ceiling at this point? So let's listen to Paul. <clears throat> the sky's the limit for us as long as we stay humble. Um, you know, one game at a time, one week at a time, uh, focusing on, on how we can consistently get better, uh, not getting ahead of ourselves, uh, individually staying motivated and, and willing to sacrifice, you know, the, the individual um, for the team. Uh, if we can do that, you know, we're, we're going to be a, a really, really good team throughout the year. Uh, I'm, I'm really confident in that. And I'll also say to, to the culture that we have, um, it's so important. Like you mentioned, the, the guys that come off the bench, um, you know, pretty much every game this year, the, the subs have, have made differences. Um, and, and it's tough to have a, it's tough to have a, a, a full locker room uh, invested the way that, that this team is invested, uh, again, in, in, the, in the collective and the team performance. Uh, and, and you have guys showing up every single uh, week, um, you know, playing their best, to, you know, in, in whatever role they have. So a whole team that's invested. All right. So, so, you know, uh, we're kind of in uncharted territory. <laughs> Last year was such a dismal thing. Like it just, this feels almost like you know, we don't want to jinx it or something at times, but it's so much fun. The crowds are fun. 
the team is growing. And I think that's my question. It's like, we've seen this team already get on a good roll here. We've seen them get waypoints. We do some of the things that they just struggled last year. But I don't know that we've seen the best yet of this team. I, I still I think, agree. yeah, there's chemistry. There's unlocking particular players, growing in confidence. A guy like Velasco, understanding his role. You know, um, and, and guys on the bench. Who I think again, as I said earlier, are going to still make an impact here and there. Uh, some who may even try to grab a starter minutes and stuff like that. Um, so it's an exciting, a good place to be. So what is the ceiling at this point? Uh, how, how are y'all feeling about this team? Jose, why don't we start with you? <laughs> um, I, maybe I haven't said it here, but I think that this team's good enough to push for a, for a home playoff match. And let's face it, if you think the team is good enough to host a playoff match, then it's good enough to reach a Western final because that's what you're playing the home playoff match for. Now, I will add that I'm probably one of the most optimistic people you'll run into. So so let me just say that that's the ceiling. That's where I think they can hit. But, of course, it's early. They have to maintain their good play on the road. They have to make sure that they you know avoid any key injuries and stuff like that. And, and I think they are laying the foundation for that. That's a good start. Honestly, uh, I, think, I think you're seeing a team that looks like a solid playoff contender for sure. But, you know, let's, let's hope. Let's keep the good times rolling. And hopefully, like I said, I, I think they'll have a shot at that. You know. All right. Ishmael, yeah, what's, I mean, what's your sense? Yeah. I, I think I would be as optimistic as Jose is, is if the team had won a road game. And again, they've only lost one, which is in and of itself a great thing. But I think our our next four road games are LA, Galaxy, Vancouver, Orlando, and Austin. If there is no if we don't get a victory out of at least one of those four games I think there is some cause for concern about how this team does on the road, about how tactically Nico uh, seems to drop from like the mid-block that they play defensively to a low block when they go on the road. Um, and, I mean, they've grinded out three draws against some good teams that maybe SK is not a great team, but some good defensive teams. Uh, but, I mean... The way that we see them play at home, if that can be reciprocated on the road, I think they could definitely make it to to a home field game in the playoffs. And, I mean, when you look at the teams around them in the standings, I mean, LAFC looks solid, if not a bit shaky in defense sometimes. You know how, like, how we feel about Austin's easy schedule. LA Galaxy did not look very good against Austin. I mean, and... Diego Costa, Kevin Cabral, um, Alvarez, they're homegrown. They're all playing pretty disappointing this season. Uh, RSL, Nashville, Minnesota, the rest of those that are in the playoffs right now, they're not, like, peaking at, like, a very, like, at a very good level. Everyone's having to go through some level of difficulty. They're having one issue or another. Um 
So I don't think it's crazy to think that we could get a home playoff game. But, I mean, we need to start improving on the road. And, I mean, I don't think that there's a doubt that, the, that we're going to get some victories on the road. It's just I think to, to, to build up confidence and, like, and change the way that we're playing these teams on the road and become what we are thinking as a home playoff team, a home, home seed playoff team, those results need to start happening on the road. Yeah, well, I would say that, you know, we're, we're very excited about the start and, you know, but there, there's been some things that can definitely be improved. I mean, I'll just spit out some things that I've been seeing on the field that it can be better. You know, um, we had that goal against Houston, mental laps on defense. Um, Velasco has to be better players on one-on-one. He's got to be, do a better job of that. I mean, everything else has been great. Um, what else I was thinking to myself? Um, you know, we got to score goals, okay? Not hit the post, you know? I mean, had just hit the post, that was fine and dandy, but, you know, uh, just, and then just the, the final third in the beginning of the game, it's got to be better. Uh, you know, every game that we played so far, I don't remember us ever getting a goal first half. It's all, even this past game, the one before that, it, it's always the second half, which is fine, but what if we went ahead, you know? Uh, I, I, I want to see this team get ahead early in the game and see how they, they react and, and can they shut it out? Can they finish a game when they score early? It's different when it's 0-0, zero, zero, when you're up and you have to play defense and the other team's coming at you. They haven't had that yet, I don't think. Um, but the, the bright side is we, you know, look, I mean, O'Brien came in off the bench and was a big spark in the game, and he's, he's turned out to be something special. He's not a superstar yet, but he's he's definitely a piece of the puzzle. Um, other players that have been coming in, Ahara has been looking good. Um, uh so, I mean, and we have yet to see Sean play an MLS match. He's going to play in the, in the Open Cup for sure. And we got Thomas Roberts coming in. I still think uh, Nanu is still trying to gel with the team. He's playing limited minutes right now. I think the team has got a way to go to, to become a gelling team, you know, when they score goals in the first half and, and you know, being a little bit more dangerous. But they're very, they're very good right now. It's just that uh, they got a lot of room for improvement. And I just wanted to add on, on what Ishmael said was, was basically, I think the 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 reason FC Dallas may have a chance at a home playoff spot isn't because they're one of the best teams in the West. It's because all the best teams in the West have flaws. They're all flawed. Even Seattle. Seattle, you can say, oh, hey, Seattle, once they get, you know, settled down, blah, blah, they'll make the run. As expected, but let's not forget that most teams that participate in CCL have, you know, uh, that CCL uh, uh, hangover, and and they tend to underperform. Now, maybe Seattle will be the that. first team. Yeah, maybe I, I'm, every team that every team has gone through it, and there's nothing to say that 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 Seattle will be the first one to not suffer it. But they got to dig themselves out of hole first. And, you know, teams aren't going to exactly cooperate with them, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying it's – I think every team in the West is flawed. And 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 really, I don't think we know for sure. We, we suspect who the top teams are, but even they are beatable. So I, I'm i looking forward to this season and uh, getting excited about seeing what the team can do on the road going forward. Yeah, and I think, I think when we're looking at the – current roster build for FC Dallas. I think they've done 
a very good job at what we were thinking was like a black hole of their salary cap and how a lot of the players from last season um, underperformed so much that so many salaries looked like they were going to weigh the team down. And now we're looking at this season and it's that the depth and the starting 11 is promising. I mean, when Cervania gets back to the starting 11, you have Siki, Roberts, and I'd argue now Cerio is the, the, the sub, are all very talented players. And then Nkosi, uh, Nanur, Ima, whoever it is, uh, those are talented players. Jimmy is probably one of the best bench goalkeepers in the league. Uh, there's a lot where I think the team can improve, especially looking into the offseason. Like when we're talking about Velasco, um, I think the time will give him time, time will lead to him playing better and being able to take players better one on one. But just having either, either having shown play or like getting, if Sean does leave, which I suspect he will, getting some competition for him to like push that spot. Cause I think. One of the great things that the team has done this year that I think has elevated performances is cause those positional battles because both Ima and Nanu are like on on a tightrope at this point. And if one does a single stupid mistake, there's someone right there lined up right behind him. As soon as Falcon starts to mess up, as he did last year, which I hope he doesn't, Cerrillo's right there in the back burner. Um so as the team develops, as the team starts to grow into what they are, uh, as long as they stay consistent as, and as long as the road performances begin to improve, I don't think it's crazy to think that this team goes into the playoffs with with a home field advantage. I think it is quite possible. Yeah, um, I mean, you I mentioned... Wanna... Uh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to pile on the whole Faku thing. I mean... We've always said that some players need time. You know, they need a whole season to adjust. And Faku has proven that to be the truth at the moment. It's, I mean, you look at the player we see in today compared to last year, and it's a completely different player out there. I mean, last year he looked slow, lethargic. He lunged on a lot of his tackles. He, he barely ever got forward. I mean, that's not the player we're seeing right now. We're seeing a player that, that that's it's advertised. Awesome. You know, yeah. uh, and 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 that's the whole. Hey, you know, give him a year, and here we are a year later, and and I have no problem with him starting ahead of Serio because I was starting to get worried that Serio was going to be our starter going forward, and 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 would be sold. I mean, he's the youngest midfielder out there, and to be a you know a start starting for a, a team that's in the top five in the Western Conference and uh, all year. I'm sorry, someone was going to come and take him from us. And so I'm kind of happy that that's maybe not going to happen. I would rather him rotate with Facundo. And and uh, I have no problem with Facundo basically taking over because, like I said, Sirio is still a kid. He's still he's still growing up. He's, he's the youngest player out there. I just want to add one last thing. This game was the perfect example. I, I, I understand Seattle was 100%, well below 100%. But this was the example of how not to play FC Dallas because you have to press the midfield. If you let them hold possession, they will just 
slice you and dice you. I mean, I was looking at the at the passing stats for all three midfielders, and uh, I think Faku was the bottom guy at a little over 89%. Paxton was at 91%. And Siki was at 93%. And, and Incredibly. They look exactly. Exactly. And, and, the, it, and, let's, and just saying, you can't let the FC Dallas midfield hold possession because they will simply just wear you out. And, and this is the, that's the difference was this, this match from previous matches is that press wasn't there and they were given space to operate. And if you do that, you're going to lose. And, and, and they, they continued to do that once, even once they brought some of their starters in. There was no change because they didn't change their style of play. So just the thing to look at going forward is, is uh, I expect teams to basically do more pressing on the team as the season progresses, as they see what has worked and what yeah. hasn't worked. Yeah, uh, the thing about the home field, though, I mean, players have been slipping every game at home, and Tomasi slipped. And I think if the, you know the, their starters are playing, that's a goal, and, and Seattle's up one zero. You know, yeah, um, there's clearly nothing slipped. we can really and do it, about it, though. It's, well, it's yeah. basically, it's basically the result. And uh, the, I mean, it's been, the way it's been explained is we had that unusual winter, and that has affected the way the grass goes because it, there's. There's two types of grasses that grow. One is basically holds the help helps it keep its structure, and and that's the one that's not that has basically been affected by by the winter. And there's nothing you can do about that. It's basically it is what it is until they bring out the new grass, which will happen. Uh, and and yes, I mean, Dallas is playing. Make sure, it. Make sure you're wearing it. the right shoes. Make sure you're wearing the right shoes, right? And honestly, that's the only but that doesn't, I don't think it's going to make a difference much because the, the way it's explained to me is that the grass that's there is basically coming right out. So that's why you're basically slipping and sliding because the ground itself under you, the grass is not being held in place. And it doesn't matter what kind of cleats you've got, you're going to slip and slide no matter what. And that's where the complaint comes from, but there's nothing the team can do. And so it is what it is until they until they switch grass and it's gonna be a long while, but Well the uh, other thing Nathan I wanted to say is that we also don't know what's gonna happen in in the in the in the summer break, what's gonna happen with players going in and out and you now you, you caught my attention when you mentioned Sean and the interest and the fact that he hasn't played because in the past when players don't play, they usually something's going on with them behind the scenes, right? When Diaz stopped playing, all of a sudden he was gone. Reggie Cannon stopped playing, he was gone. Um, you know, there's nameless players that this has happened to. Now I'm wondering, and I have no evidence whatsoever other than that Sean has been just out with Hungary and he's just behind, and that's the reason why he hasn't played. But with all the, the wingers that we have on the team, they're really, you know, you don't want to be sitting in Alaska for Sean. So in my mind, I'm wondering if they have plans for Sean in the summer break to get someone else in another position. Maybe, Could maybe be. I don't have any. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, and I think Sean's, Sean's problem is that he, I mean, he did, uh, he showed his flashes of stuff last year, but then had his, you know, his moments too, where it just didn't quite click. But you bring in a guy like Paul Areola, who's, who's um, talented and a great leader, great presence, a professional. And so, yeah, uh, Shun is going to get knocked down that depth chart. He's going to have to work extra hard to, 
to get minutes. And, and I think All right. uh, yeah, you got Obreon, yeah. you got and he had Sean, a good showing in the Open Cup last time. Maybe he'll get some more minutes there um, and, and take advantage of that. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I would I'm love not... to see Dallas go out and get a, get another presence. I mean, I would love another attacker just to provide some depth up front. Um, but I don't know how much maneuver and room they have right now with the roster. So well, and our keeper, I I'd like to, to see them lock him down. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I just want to say I'm not concerned about Shun at all. I mean, best case scenario for him is he fights his way up to the fourth winger behind O'Brien. And even then, he's still not going to get on the game much because it's going to be Velasco and Ariola, and they want Ariola to be a 90-minute player. So whoever comes in for Velasco is probably O'Brien. That's it. I mean, sure, I, I understand that El Metcahar and some of these other guys got, got minutes. I'm just saying that, that there's not a lot of minutes to go around, really, at that position. There's three guys that are going to get the bulk of the minutes. So I don't really have a problem with Shun not getting a lot of minutes. As long as he gets minutes in the U.S. Open Cup. Now, if he stops getting minutes in the U.S. Open Cup, then I'll begin to worry. I mean, he's still a kid, no, too. And, it's, and, it's, not like, it's not like a worry. I mean, it, 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 this is sometimes what happens with players, that they're just not able to get minutes. I'm, it's not like I'm worried. It's that I genuinely expect him to go out on loan this offseason. Not, 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 I, I do it's agree not with that. Yeah, it's not just because of like lack of minutes. I think that his role in the team has been reduced, and no matter what happens to him, uh, Obreon seems, for better or worse, to be the bench player as a winger. So, as if since you're stuck with not you're not stuck since you have uh, Khalil Medkar for a decent amount of time, and that they're still committed to seeing to using him as like a Swiss Army knife uh, role for the attack. Sean just makes more sense to send out on loan and let him develop. Maybe he takes a Roberts path where he develops at some point and uh, like becomes like a, a better player for FC Dallas in the future. Or maybe he turns into a Dante Sealy and he will definitely not come back. So, I mean, that's this is this is how sometimes roster building happens. I mean, players that have the capability of starting just are not going to be able to start. And it's, it's disappointing because I think Sean is definitely better than over. Uh, and I, I don't know if I'm few in that opinion, but uh, I genuinely, well, they're different players. Here. They're different players. You use them in different, different ways. Yeah. Different. And I still think better. Uh, but if, if he cannot make it in the roster, in the roster, just send him out on loan, see how he does. And, Send him back to his native Hungary and let him play very well for one of those teams and see what you can do then. And and while we're at it, um, he's not the only guy that needs that needs to go out on loan. I think I think uh, Munjoma is another player that we barely got a, a peek off. You know, he's a guy who was competing for starting minutes last season, and now, you know, maybe we see him on the bench from time to time. Uh, he's got maybe like couple of minutes of mop up duty I think that he's seen. So I think I think the summer I, I'm with Ishmael that I think I expect one or two players to go on loan with uh Shun and Munjoma probably being the other. Um but here's the thing is 
what do they bring in? I mean, are there going to be any summer additions coming in? Because honestly, I don't see any immediate need. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that third striker. If if Ferreira goes off, you know, for the USMT, maybe gets dinged up or something and has to sit for several games, you got Hara as your only guy. And, and we both, we all have seen that he's not a 90-minute player. So who's your third guy? And and uh, that's my only thing I'd like to see in, in the in the summer is is basically hey bring in a young, you know, a young U twenty two player at at that position, you know, someone raw, but someone that can at least you know we've seen uh, Quinones coming off the bench and giving you solid minutes, you know, when you're trying to lock down lock down the uh, uh, the game, a player that can do that, a player that can come in and, and you know give you minutes. I don't uh, see Jesus going anywhere. No, no, but I'm talking about, you know, he's he's playing every match. Every match he's going to need to rest. So when he rests, right. when he finally sits, you've got Hara and then Elbakar, right. uh Redzik. Yes, I mean who's your yes, the, yes. I mean those are your those are your those are your 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 other options at, at striker. I mean that's you know, that's yeah. We, yeah. we need a third striker. We know, and, well, we, and don't, we don't want to. Be a young guy. Yeah, we don't. We don't want to broadcast on this podcast that Dan Hunt that we don't need other players coming in. Right? We always like the players <laughs> I, coming in. I'm just saying, I'm looking at at what they could add, and that's really I'm thinking. Hey, that's the only thing I can think of that could add. I mean, how about you know getting Maybe, one of those yeah. homegrown homegrown strikers? I don't care. Get get a third body in there, my man. <laughs> Maybe another center back, uh, at worst case. No, we've got we've got too many center backs. I mean, we got you, you got basically Tafari and and Quinones, and then you still got Bartlett over and playing for. Uh, North I'm not a, I so, don't think so we have. But my point is, he's the fifth option right now, so you don't really need another center back at all. Um, you either need either another midfielder or another striker. I think a striker would be the the first. First choice. That's that's what I was getting at. Well, well good stuff to think about. Well, this week uh, is a busy one for FC Dallas. Let's just shift our attention that way, and then we'll talk about North Texas uh, before we close out the show. Um, yeah, so Open Cup action again this week, Wednesday night at Sporting Kansas City. I sure, you know, I, well, uh, you know, I, I think that draw, it, again, uh, as we know, Dallas plays well up there in Kansas City. They can carve out, grind out some results, but this is definitely a match that you you want to win, and you want you don't want to necessarily push it into extra time and get get everybody exhausted and everything. But uh, yeah, definitely an option. There's there's depending, and I saw that Sporting Kansas City loaned up a player from SKC too, so they may rotate some as well. It's going to be an interesting match to see how Nico handles this, and and if. At what they invest in this match, then this weekend going out to Los Angeles to pay, to play the Galaxy, uh, which will be another interesting match. Ishmael, how, yeah. how do you think Nico's going to handle this week? Well, I think when you look at this week, you have to also look at next week. So we play Kansas City tomorrow, which is a Tuesday. We go to LA. We go to LA and play LA in, on Saturday. Then we go to another country and go to Vancouver on Wednesday. And then we come back and then play Minnesota on Sunday. Now, that's going to be a difficult two weeks with four games. 
uh, and a lot of cross-country travel. But I think the most important way to look at it is you can't do full rotations because if you fully rotate uh, against Kansas City, then you have to play your starting 11 against L.A. And if you play your starting 11 against L.A., you have to rotate completely for Vancouver. And you don't really want to do that because Vancouver on the road is a very winnable game. And when we're talking about, again, road games and getting points on the road, that's an example of where I think it's almost, from where we are at the table right now, it's almost a requirement. So when we're going into Kansas City, I don't really expect a full rotation. Uh, Players like Farfan, uh, Paxton, Jesus, uh, those kinds of players that are starting game in and game out, uh, they will definitely be benched because, like, you don't want to overtire them. Um, I also expect Jimmy to start because he seems to be uh, – he is the backup and he is very good at that role. And he's, he's, again, like I said, probably one of the better backups in the league. Uh, besides that, I honestly think it's a free-for-all. I think you rotate Tafari – but you play Hedges because Hedges didn't play last week. So he's still kind of fresh. Uh, and I also think for this game, you probably don't play Ima because he's currently a starter. And I don't think he had a bad game on Saturday, especially considering that mistake was a slip and that f- it's that field. So when, when you're looking at it, I honestly expect Munjoma to play on on the left because Farfan needs a break. You play Tafari, you play Hedges. And you I, I, you probably play Nanu, but I would love for Quinones to play to get a starting game, but you might not want to do it in an open, game, open cup game. I don't know. Uh, you also play Surio and Cervania. And you might play Siki, but he is he has played a lot. Uh, so you might play a mid card. And you also probably play that rotated front line of Hara, Shon, and Obreon. I can actually be talked into playing Ariola and then benching him for LA, but after this weekend's performance, you might want him against that difficult side. But uh, it, you can't. My, my, my main point is besides players like Farfan, Jesus, uh, Paxton that really need a break you can't rotate completely. You really can't. Or else you you end up exposing a game like Vancouver where you honestly should expect three points. Yeah. Uh, I, well, in the past, you know, when we had U.S. Open Cup, we had three subs. So you couldn't put a starter in, uh, you know, because got hurt or whatever. You know, you only had three subs. But it's different now. And, uh, you know, Nico already, already gave us an insight to that. He's like, you know, you don't have to rest players the whole game because of an Open Cup. There's other ways to get around it. I think that we will see Velasco and Jesus later in the game, maybe get 20 minutes. It's nothing different than a practice during the week. Um, still play on, on Saturday against the Galaxy. So uh, I expect to see some of the starters come in at some point, you know, just like, just like last time. Yeah, and I think when you're looking at sub-subbing patterns – Things could change. Uh, if you go a 60-30 shift, it's it's very manageable. But then again, when we're talking about subbing, uh, Nico has shown that he really likes to sub late, uh, except when he has a plan. So if he has plans and he and he is he's going to do a 60-30 shift for some players, then that's fine. But like me personally, you want to play Jesus against Vancouver because that 
that's a game where those center backs are very beatable by a player like Jesus. So you don't you also don't want to play Jesus 90 against LA because they're going from LA to Dallas and then to Vancouver. That's a lot of traveling. So like again, a lot of it's malleable, but there does need to be some resting for some from a lot of these players. And, and also and, taking and the take Go ahead, go ahead. I mostly agree with what Ishmael says. I, I actually do expect them to start Quinones at right back simply because they've been building up to it. You see his minutes have gradually been going up, and I think this is the perfect time to give him a start. And I, he doesn't have to have play the whole match. I mean, you, you give him a start and then uh, see how, how long he lasts. But I think that's someone who's been – they've been slowly working into the rotation, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets a start at right back and Mujoma gets to start over at left back. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see. Uh, I do expect – I think – I can't disagree with, with Tommy in that Velasco and Ferreira will probably be on the bench. But I think the idea is to have them on the bench and only play them if you have to play them, if you're chasing that win. But ideally, you don't want that. Ideally, you want, you'd prefer that they don't play at all, in all honesty. In Savannah, uh, right, who got red yeah, carded in yeah. the last game. I think he will want to come back and have a reason to play. I, I think – I'm just curious to see Thomas Roberts. Uh, is he going to play? I mean, is he going to be on the bench? I, I, well, I'm curious to see. I've heard he's gotten taller, believe it or not. You know, they say he still looks so like he I, I heard some talk. Taller. I heard some chat on him, and I think it's going to be a little bit longer before we see him. But, I mean, the U.S. Open Cup, you know, I, I'm not saying start. What I, I'm uh, saying – I'd like to see him on the bench, get a couple of minutes, and at least roll him out there and, and, and see what he can do. Yeah, it'd be, be exciting. Uh, uh, yeah, I was listening to some podcasts, and they said that because Nico, his uh, practices are high speed compared to where he, Thomas Roberts used to be, he's not caught up to this this, this speed tempo of practice, and that's, even though they're not and that's long. What's, and that's what yeah. Shun was holding Shun back too. So Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, Javier says, you know, tough game in uh, KC. Sporting is 8-0 and at home since 2015 and the U.S. Open Cup. So, uh, yeah, they haven't played Nico. Yeah, this is a different Sporting Kansas City team than yeah. previous years. It, it really will come down to what, what team they roll out, honestly, because Sporting lacks playmakers. They're a team that, that – I mean, they're solid. Don't get me wrong. And they, they play a solid style. But they're not going to break you down. They, they don't have that kind of team. They don't have a Velasco. They don't have they don't have a, a, a 10. I mean, maybe their starting team does. But are they going to play their starters or are they going to rotate? So it really depends what kind of team they roll out there. I'm just saying don't forget they've had, what, two DP injuries, I believe. So they are very thin on playmakers. And so this is a winnable game in the fact that it, it doesn't have to. I'm not. I'm not saying Dallas is going to roll in or win one zero or two zero. I'm saying this is a game that could go to uh, PKs. I think it's that kind of game, and that's how Dallas should play it. I think I. I don't. I'm not impressed with uh, Sporting Kansas City's uh, playmakers. In all honesty, and and injuries have a lot to do with that. If they don't roll out, roll out a first. They're starting. 11, or at least their playmakers, it's going to be a, a game where we're basically going to be frustrated and no team's going to be scoring. It's If, if there's going to be scoring, it's going to be off of a really 
bad turnover or 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 a set piece really and and that's i expect i expect an ugly game and i expect it to go to pks all right you heard it here folks <laughs> yeah i i it was just i i like i like the sense you know it's 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 going to be a brutal next couple of weeks for this team they're going to have to rely on that bench and that depth um so it's been good to see those flashes of, of guys showing that they're hungry to have a guy like Siki emerge. Um, so yeah, it, it gives them some options. It, it'll be really interesting to see how they handle the striker position. But I think, I, I think Jesus, uh, especially the, the game Saturday night, which is so hot and humid. Those guys were just, uh, whew, uh, they, they drank a lot of water. They, they hopefully have recovered quickly after that, but, it's going to be an, an interesting one to see how the team handles it. Of course, FC Dallas would love to have another Open Cup uh, championship. It's important to the Hunt family. Well, home field advantage does give you an edge, especially in the Open Cup. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what, what's going to happen and how this team faces the week. Let's uh, let's shift over to, to just a North Texas chat before we, we, we sign off for the evening. Um, a a d- disappointing draw at home. I really I gave up the extra point uh, with, the, with the PKs. I always forget about those things. Um, uh, so uh, North Texas wasn't able to hold on to the to the lead. I think uh, North Texas scored first, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not disappointed with the with with the draw simply because of how early that red card came out. Not and, a red and, card. Uh, yeah, it was a double double yellow, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. Kind of soft. Well, yes, I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. But my point is, they were shorthanded. They were down to ten people for a really long time against a team that's really the highest scoring team in the Western Conference. So, for them to just allow one goal and come out of there, I mean, I'm. I didn't stick around for the PKs. I know, honestly, I, I never do. It's like the. I can tolerate the bad camera action, but. Not during PKs. I just turn it off and check to see who won later. In all honesty, uh, but honestly, I think a draw is is, is once once the send off occurred, it's a good result. It's a good result. Yeah. It's not what you wanted right. to see, but it was revenge for defiance because they played before and, and they played one one draw. So it's a very fair result against a team that just beat the crap out of St. Louis City, which is hard to do. Yeah, and I also think when you're looking at the schedule for North Texas State so far, um, they've played a lot of like the most difficult teams. Uh, and as you're going into the next couple of weeks, you're gonna start to see a load off a little bit. I mean, you're gonna start, you're gonna get into a stretch in July when you play uh, um, Houston Dynamo Dose and St. Louis SC, like in back-to-back games, and and the Quakes beforehand, but uh, this they, they've gone through a difficult stretch, mostly on skate. They played uh, at the level or close to it to most of these teams, and now it's just now the expectation is that they just need to pummel these bad uh, two teams. Just pummel okay. Them. I just want to add that that stretch isn't over because the team they're playing this week is actually leading their division. And that's uh, Vancouver, the Whitecaps. They lost their first game of the year, zero to one, at the Dynamo. They have not lost a game since. They're on a tear. 
they're they're basically very similar to the Dynamo, in fact, and they're a team that that is is basically it's all Canadian team, by the way. And and it's all Canadian kids, and there's not a single, you know, they're mostly college and academy kids, but they're well coached. They had a U23 team last year, very similar to Houston Dynamo in that respect, and that they basically had a pre-existing team playing at a lower level, brought them up, reinforced it, and they're a really solid team. They're 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 very similar to Houston Dynamo too, and a team that another tough opponent that that North Texas could lose to could drop points against uh the, i don't i can't tell you too much about them i haven't really seen them play but i can tell you the results you know it, it, i think it's four four game winning streak i think so something like that they're like four four wins two draws and one loss and the one loss was the very first match of the year on the road so yeah this this is the last really tough opponent they'll face in a while I also want to add one last thing uh, on North Texas. Very interesting about their schedule in that they don't have any stretches where they play at home for a long time or on the road for a long time. Really, they have a balanced schedule. They play on the road, play at home, play on the road, play at home. And it's like that for the entirety of the schedule. Uh, so, you know, it's very interesting to see how, how the season will pan out for this team as they don't really have any any good or bad stretches as far as, as traveling or staying at home. Well, that's good stuff. Um, again, going to be a great great week of soccer starting tomorrow night uh, with Open Cup match uh, streamed on ESPN+. Plus. Um, yeah, so Jose predicted we go to PKs and, and Dallas – Advances? Is that what you're predicting? That's my prediction. No, we're going to PK. Honestly, if Dallas can get a, a goal early, they can win outright. But like I said, I ex- I think I think if I heard correctly somewhere that that like three of the last four red cards that Dallas have, have received have come against Sporting Kansas City. So, <laughs> so I'm not expecting, God. you know, the uh, friendly ref situation or friendly road situation. And like I said, I, I don't, I'm not impressed with uh, Sporting Kansas City's playmakers. I think it's going to be an ugly, chippy game. And, and I, I really, like I said, I hope the team wins outright, but I'm expecting it to go to PK simply Remember, new season, new coach, new era. 3-0, S. Dallas. <laughs> All right. We'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah, we'll, we'll love for a game where, where Shun goes off and just does some wonderful things. I, I, and I'll, I'll tell you why it won't be 3-0. is because uh, uh, Coach Pa, he, Coach Ka, he, he basically, if North Texas takes a 1-0 lead, he will basically just – shut it down he'll be like okay we're we're up and we're just gonna stay up and and the team will literally just sit back play defense and dare you to beat it and and they're really good at it and uh well, i thought we were talking about the open cup game oh i went from open cup like... to North texas my apology yeah, yeah my no apology. yeah so i think this open cup that's the i think one. i'm tired i think it's time yeah. to go to bed yeah <laughs> Ishmael, you think uh, Dallas can get the result tomorrow? Uh, nah, I think we'll lose. 
We'll see what happens. But I'm gonna go <laughs> hey, with the loss. That's that's. I mean, that's cover all my. I'm races. excited to it's... watch Sean play. You know, I'm a, I'm a big Sean fan as well. He he was great last year as a young kid. And uh, even though he's behind Velasco, I mean, like, they paid so much money for Velasco. He's just behind Velasco. It is what it is, you know. But Sean's a good player. And he, he had a good game the other day against, you know, Sporting KC. I think he had an assist, if I'm not mistaken. Well, good. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Um, a, a fun week of soccer ahead. A lot to look forward to, a lot to celebrate with this team. But, yeah, let's hope, let's hope this is uh, – uh, a strong showing in the Open Cup. We keep things going. Uh, we just love, I love beating Coach Vermees. I mean, there's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just extra deliciousness, uh, you know. And uh, but um, and, and you know, anything's possible. We'll see. It's going to be a tough one. And then, of course, this weekend against LA Galaxy, which will be a, a really interesting match. Just continue to see how FC Dallas is going to figure out things on the road and you know go up against some of these these teams with some some talent and, and deal with them. So let's hope they keep building. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Javier, thanks for your comments. Remember, you can you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you find podcasts in case you miss the show live. And we'll be back next week. All right. Go FC Dallas. Good night. Go FC Dallas. See you guys. See you guys. <laughs>